Hello, I'm your host, Kevin, a.k.a. Titania, a.k.a. Monifa Antifa, and this is Totally Gruesome. Hey guys, welcome back. Sam Little and his 93 victims part two <laughs> let's just kick it right off let's get right into it here we go here it goes here we come here it goes it's going it's coming here we where 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 Julia Critchfield found January 22nd 1978 she was 36 she was a very loving nurturing and caring person a mother of four with a huge heart she loved to sing and dance she was found dead in a dirt pit in Saucer, Mississippi. She was nude and had a black dress draped across her body. Sam Little said, quote, Oh, Julia, the white girl. She was about 40. She was coming down Highway 90 hitchhiking. I pulled over and I picked her up from there, end quote. Mark Wayne Tubbs says he and his friends were riding dirt bikes in a dirt pit off Highway 49 across from the Ed Owens Club in Saucer. Tubbs was 23 years old at the time. He said he raced home and told his dad that he'd found a dead body, who then called the Harrison County Sheriff's Office. The case went cold until Little's confessions. She was one of the victims that didn't fit the general victim profile. Lori Barrows, surviving victim, September 27, 1984. She was 22 years old at the time. Sam Little said, quote, In 84, I went to San Diego. 84 was real busy. I squeezed in a lot of stuff, end quote. Lori said it was 11.30 p.m. or so. She was on her way to collect some meth from a dealer that her friend introduced her to. She was walking. A car pulled up on the side of her. She froze. Paralyzed by fear, a figure jumped out of the car and ran behind her, put her in a chokehold, and threw her in the car. She recalls, quote, So I started to have a conversation with him. I remember he said, oh, I'm a traveler, and he went along with it, with me. I remember staring at the panel of the car. I was really just checking it out. What happens next was very quick. I was being pulled and yanked into the back seat of the car. He wanted to do something violent, and I got turned over. I had to get on my knees. He had taken my nylons off while I was on my back initially, and he had used those to tie my wrists up. And I tried to encourage him. Keep going along. Don't let him know you're afraid. He came down on my neck with thumbs, like that. And I'm like, I'm screwed. And then he asked me to swallow, and I said... And then he asked me to swallow, and said, I like when you swallow. So I'd have to try and swallow while his thumbs are on my throat. Then I remember fading out again. And I remember saying to myself, as if I'm praying to God... God, just tell my parents I'm sorry for getting killed. End quote. He was driving around aimlessly, and it ended up driving down a dirt road. It was pitch black and just empty. She remembers he pulled to a stop and turned off the car. She just assumed that she was going to get raped and prepared herself. Then this deflated bile sack pretty much took her by the neck and pushed her over the back seat onto her stomach. Pressing his thumbs into her throat, he just kept squeezing harder. He had told her, quote, swallow again. I love it when you swallow. I want, end quote. And she fell unconscious. 
She remembers coming back to consciousness. She knew he thought she was dead, so she just played possum and prayed, truly frozen in time, praying he would just go. He left her in a pile of trash. Her prayer seemingly answered. Sam later said, quote, That was excitement. I had my hand around a woman's beautiful neck, and I said, I love it when you swallow. Lori Barrows, the white girl down there in San Diego, that little bitch survived. She went to the police and told them that. They tried to say that I was killing her or going to kill her. No, I wasn't because I left. I put Lori Barrows out of my car, pulled her out and threw her ass over that pile of cans and drove off and left her. End quote. Lori was able to give a description of Shitstain Little and the car. Black male, 40 to 45 years old, 6 foot 1 and 240 pounds. He had a gold pinky ring with diamonds and the vehicle he was driving was a black two-door large American-made car and it had three fluffy dice hanging in the rearview mirror. Trigger warning for rape. Detective Wayne Spees was working night watch on October 25th, 1984. He was about a week into his phase training. His training officer was Lou Tamani. They had gotten a bolo for a black male that's raped, strangled, and ditched the victim Barrows about a month prior. That night, just before 5 in the morning, Officer Tamani tells Officer Speeds about the area the last victim was attacked the month before. So they head that way. The road ends up leading to a dirt lot with piles of trash. They don't want to alert anybody, so they sneak up with their lights off just in case. They could see the outline of the car right up in front of them. Lou said, quote, Okay, closer, closer, closer. Okay, then when I say turn the spotlights on, turn on the headlights on high beams. End quote. As they're pulling up, he tells Spees, all right, light him up. And that's when they can see it's the car that matches the description. The large black American-made car, a T-Bird. They see movement in the back seat. Little had then popped up, looking at the officers through the window. The door opens on the passenger side, and he jumps out of the car. He gets out, he looks directly at them, and Spees noticed Little pulling up his pants. Spees tells Little, quote, Come over here, I need to talk to you. As he's approaching me, I have my light and my flashlight on him. As I put the light on his face, I can see the scratches on his throat and they're fresh. They're bleeding and he has a clump of mucusy blood on his t-shirt. He looks down at my gun and I just told him, you don't want to do anything stupid. He identified himself to me as Samuel McDowell. So I put him in the back of the car. He's handcuffed. He's not going anywhere. And now I make my way up to the back seat of the T-Bird. When I got to the car, I was on the passenger side. I could see a woman back there. She's naked. She's shoved down behind the driver's seat on the floor. Her hips and legs are on the seat spread. She has a lot of redness and bruising around her neck. And there was blood coming from her nose and mouth like she'd been punched. Her eyes were rolled back in her head. And it wasn't until she started gurgling that I realized that she was still alive. Lou said, I'm a police officer, and you're safe. And that's when she screamed, he raped me, he raped me. End quote. The victim was Tanya Jackson. He offered her money for sex, and she agreed. They went to that location, and that's when he attacked her. She was moments away from death. So, they had kidnapping, rape, and attempted murder charges brought up against Sam. They then had Lori come in and pick Sam up out of a lineup. Lori made him say, quote, 
swallow for me. I love it when you swallow, end quote, in the lineup, and that's how she 100% identified him. She was looking for him to be unnerved by it, and she fell to her knees, just broke, and knew it was him. Samuel was charged for the attacks on Tanya and Lori. I mean, they literally caught the man in the act. This is what the dick whistle had to say about that. Quote, Stupid ass police. They put my ass in jail for rape, attempted murder, and false imprisonment. They think you had to rape a person every time you killed a person. Yeah, I'll talk. I'll tell you exactly what happened. That doctor's exam's not going to show any rape. Tell him all that's going to show is where my hands were around her neck. I just kicked the shit out of her. That bitch deserved it. And I should have killed her. They was looking for semen and all that kind of shit. They was looking for a sexual assault and they was going to find a woman. Nothing wrong with her but her neck. She's been strangled. End quote. District Attorney Gary Rimple was on the 85 cases of Tanya and Lori. Little said this about the cops finding Tanya. Quote, the police lied and said when they looked in the car, her face was bloody. That was the biggest lie ever told. End quote. Gary looked through Sam's rap sheet and realizes that he has a lot of assaults and a lot of issues, but no time served for it. Really? He just keeps getting acquitted and keeps getting away with shit? Rimple found it unusual, so he begins preparing his case against Samuel Little. He interviews victims. The first victim he interviews is Tanya Jackson. Tanya told Gary during the interview that there was no altercation, no problem with the fee, and it seemed he only attacked her for his own pleasure. She continued, If the cops hadn't come, interrupted the crime in the act, she would have died. Ultimately, she would have been a great witness on the stand, but she was a black woman, poorly educated, not a strong speaker, and appeared to the hearing intoxicated, stating she needed the liquid courage. Next, he interviewed the victim, Lori Barrows. During their first interview, she was basically trembling and gave him all of the gory details of what happened to her. Now Gary finds her to be an excellent witness in the case. She was white, very attractive, dressed modestly but nicely. He thought there'd be no problem in this case. The only thing was the timing. What was she doing out in the streets at 11.30 in downtown San Diego at that time of night? So he just wanted to know why she was there. He questions her further, and she admitted to being arrested for prostitution, but that's not what she was doing out there. They tried to get the jury to believe them, but in that time frame, nobody believed junkies, whores, people of color, or women. Fantastic time to be in. On the stand, Little testifies that he knows nothing about Lori Barrows, or that case, and that he has nothing to do with that. He was, a, he was with a friend that he travels with, an old lady that he takes care of, a lady living on Social Security named Jean. Sam Little said, quote, In San Diego, when I was in trouble, she got me out. She come to my trial, and she took the stand at that court case. You think the jury didn't notice that little old lady sitting in the back of the corner? Gary noticed, and she was a great deal of persuasion for me in my case. End quote. Jean testified that during the night in question, she had been with Sam and that there was no way he could have been committing any of these crimes. She was the consummate alibi witness, the little under-oath church lady. This maggot turd then testified that Tanya and him had a dispute about money, and she attacked him, and he was fighting her off when the police came upon the scene. Somehow, the jury found Little and his entire rap sheet more credible than the victims. After the jury hangs, the state decides a second trial is too risky, 
and Dick Stain Sam Little pled guilty to the lesser charges in exchange for a four-year sentence, which he only served 1.5 slash two years. Gary felt like this was the worst outcome in his entire career and didn't even know until almost 30 years later that Little only served two out of the four-year sentences. 25 years later, Laurie and Gary met up to discuss the case. No one ever followed up with the victims after the trial, for the second trial, which led to Sam Little basically being acquitted, but rather serving a very light sentence. Solely because they were women and prostitutes or drug users, they clearly couldn't be credible to their own attacks. Sam Little on getting out on parole after that trial. It's now 1987. Quote, When I got out on parole in 87, Jean picked me up and took me to Los Angeles. I was hungry. I went down and killed two women in one night. I just couldn't stop, and I wanted to ride around at night and pick up prostitutes and just fuck them, strangle them, and leave them. End quote. He got out, immediately kills two women in the same night. Neither have ever been named. Omaha, Nebraska, 1973. Agatha White Buffalo. Sam Little said, quote, And we stopped in Omaha, and that's where I met the young little Indian girl, the one I put in a barrel, end quote. The victim was a Native American woman. She was in the bar, and Sam walked in, and he asked someone, quote, Is that an Indian? I've never met a real Indian. I talked to her, and she had a few drinks. She looked at me. She said, I want to die. I said, well, you want me to strangle you? She said, no, not strangle me, but I want to die. Well, she laughed it off. The Indian girl's friend said, don't get in the car, but she got in the car. Now, if she agreed to leave with me in my car, alone in the woods, what does she go out there for? When she let me put my hands around her neck, and she closed her eyes and laid her head back. That was a signal of permission. She wanted into another room, another world. End quote. And then Little strangled her in his car and left her in a barrel. And with that information, they found Agatha White Buffalo almost 45 years after the case went cold. They connected it to Little and added it to his already long list of victims. Here's another quote that Little specifically told Jillian Lauren for her book, Behold the Monster. Quote, I was going to tell you some more about my situation so you can put it in your book. The women that I loved, I killed because I wanted them for myself only. I was jealous. I liked the slow strangulation to watch the struggle for air. I wasn't into the killing thing. I was getting into the sexual gratification out of strangling a woman. That was the type of drive I had when I was a young kid, you know. That's what I wanted all my life. End quote. Denise Brothers, Odessa, Texas, January 1994. Denise came from a happy family by all accounts, but she still ended up having issues with drug addiction, and that led to prostitution to pay for it, so on and so forth. Denise was on her way to her pimp, but only made it half a block before Little approached her in his Cadillac with a blue fabric top. Hunched and shivering in her down coat, she gestured for him to pull over. He said he bought a bunch of crack and black tar heroin, for Denise and her pimp, who joined them to get high. Afterward, the pimp cheerfully patted Denise on the ass and left her with Little to pay the, the, to pay the bill in trade. He said, quote, I told her I was an artist. She was a spicy one. 
I told her I could draw her so pretty, like Van Gogh. Quote, he cracked himself up with that one. Quote, I told her she was beautiful and said, I love you. End quote. He then pulled into an alley. He said, as she prepared to give him a blowjob, he grabbed her by the throat and tossed her over the back seat like a doll, where he strangled her with one hand while masturbating with the other. When she fought back, he fought harder. Because killing was synonymous with sex for him, Little said he made the encounters as long and slow as possible, often letting his victims repeatedly regain consciousness. The last time that Denise came to, her head was in his laps, her eyes was as big as marbles. He said, quote, Big as your eyes are right now, I told her I own you, you're mine forever, end quote. She cried, and he kissed the tears from her face, then he squeezed the life from her. She goes missing. Her family searched for her, and after two weeks, they got a phone call from police saying that she was found. Her mother and children went down to identify the body. Her mother went insane, screaming and hysterical. It really destroyed her parents. The detectives go around looking for clues. They find fellow sex workers of hers, and they point out one of her usual clients. The officers couldn't find his name, so they just named him the man in the van. He admitted that he had sex with her that night, but dropped her off as usual. He allowed them to search his vehicle and did a polygraph. Due to lack of evidence, he was released, so police were at a loss. Detective Robinson files a report for the FBI, and that started an investigation into what is now one of the biggest cases in American history, but that would take literally 20 years for it to fall into the proper hands. Christy Palazzolo, VICAP analyst, and Dr. Angela Williamson utilize Robert's report. How they caught Little was by DNA. He was living in a homeless shelter in Louisville, Kentucky in 2014. He was caught after cashing one of his social security checks and they extradited him back to California to face the crimes of rape and strangulation against Carol Alford, Guadalupe Apodaca, and Audrey Nelson. Little was just so transient that it made it hard to find some of those cases without help from the FBI. In 2018, Texas Ranger Jim Holland, known for getting killers to talk, calls Angela Will Williamson and Christy Palazzolo, asking them to join to get a confession to put Little away. Holland is an expert in interrogation, and he's determined to get Little to talk because he wasn't talking to anyone at that time. Williamson and Palazzolo go on a deep dive to get all this information about Little so that Holly can buddy up to him and get him to talk. On May 17, 2018, the team arrives at the county state prison on the edge of the Mojave Desert. Holland sets up his interrogation room while Williamson and Palazzolo watch through a double-sided mirror and prepare to take notes in case Little gives any information to Holland. Little started the interview bitching about the LAPD, saying things like, they created fictitious evidence on him, blah blah blah. Holland had begun with the familiar routine of establishing a rapport. In-jokes and nicknames, profanity, and heartfelt re revelations on both sides. They agreed to be Sammy and Jimmy, even though Little insisted no one called him Sammy except his immediate family. Holland assured him no man had called him Jimmy, ever. It all started with a question, have you ever been to Odessa? Sam describing Denise, quote, I think she was blonde, skinny, and tall. She was like 40, 35. Put her out there on a fence. She was on her back, I think. Everything was on. The, that was the only one in December, I know. I ain't done nothing else in Odessa. End quote. He then moves on to another victim, then another. While he's in the interview, going on and on about his victims, 
investigators go and check out his cell. They find drawings clinging to the walls, mostly of celebrities like Whitney Houston and Tony Braxton. Detective Holland asks Little if he can then draw any of his victims, and he says, yes, I can, and starts drawing them, and basically takes Holland on the tour of the U.S., and then indicated how many people he killed in each city as detectives listened and took vicious notes and then added them all up. In August 2014, the trial of Sam Little began. Beth Silverman was the deputy DA, and Mitzi Roberts, LAPD, was the lead detective on the case. Sam Little said, quote, When I laid eyes on that prosecutor, I just knew I was finished. Beth Silverman, she was going to say that I was beating with them women down in my face. She put me out to be a violent maniac, leaving bodies and reckless wrecks in my trail. She was using that technique. Mitzi Roberts, sitting up there, I took one look at her, and she looked at me and brought me that revenge look out, beyond the call of duty, end quote. Sam was convicted of three counts of murder against Audrey Nelson, Guadalupe Apodaca, and Carol Alford. And even though he was convicted, he kept denying it, literally denying it on live television, in the victim's family's faces. Just a total piece of shit. Saying he was framed and shit just being wild and ridiculous. Here's his quotes on the victims that he was convicted for. Quote, Audrey Nelson, is that her name? Audrey Nelson? I killed her back behind the restaurant. Strangled her to death. That's what happened. I didn't know who she was. I didn't know nothing about her. End quote. With Audrey, she was staying at a hotel in downtown LA. She was walking down the street. He pulled up and picked her up and they went and got some heroin. They then got high in the back of his car. He strangled her on the floor of the car. It was right there that he left his bo her body in the parking lot in the dumpster. He said, quote, They were just like a herd of cattle, sheep to be slaughtered and to make lamb chops out of. You picked the girls that was not important, like school teachers or lawyers or someone substantial in the community that would be missed. So I'd pick the drug addicts or the prostitutes that fit the descriptions they tease you by showing their buttocks, their asses. That's what excites me into that kind of mood. Desires become drives. I want this or else. Like the lion says, he wants to get his ass on that zebra. End quote. Little said, quote, The stupid ass police, they didn't care. I picked up hoes and I picked up bitches. Real hoes. Those girls I killed, they are not women of position. A lot of women, they look at me like I'm shit and I couldn't have them. But when I killed them, they are mine for life that way. End quote. Little on a woman named Alice Duval, 1991. Quote, I met her right on 55th Street. On the corner, there was a liquor store directly across the street from a pink motel. Alice was a dark-skinned, skinny black girl. She was pretty, but you could tell she was going down fast. She wore glasses, looked real neat like a school teacher, but she was a whore. I had a van, and she was standing there by the motel. That pink motel on the corner, 55th and Central. She came over and jumped in the van real fast. Well, I took her all the way out on Central Avenue past Lawson, past Imperial. Way out toward the beach, that's where. I left her body at, like in that field right there off Central the next day. A man was riding a bicycle, and he is the one that discovered her body from the road. I read that in the paper. I pulled out there in that field. We were sitting out there talking in the back of the van. She was smoking her rock cocaine, and I was too, and then she let me play with her throat. I kissed her mouth, and I was holding her throat, choking her. The only thing she did was then struggle in my arms. She squirmed around and was pulling at my hands. 
and I was looking her in the eyes until she didn't breathe no more. She was gone. She was dead. I just did what I wanted to do to her. My hands into her hair and smelled her hair. I was kissing and holding her. End quote. He also often draws petechial hemorrhaging in their eyes, which happens during strangulation. He also had a knack for adding a detail that was very specific to each individual, and I read that they found that very interesting. Sam Little has confessed to 20 murders in Los Angeles, but only three have been solved. Guildport, Mississippi. Tina Taylor and Tracy Lynn Johnson, 1992, strangled the same night. He said, quote, Yeah, I remember that night. Tracy and Tina, both of them friends, but everybody knew them. End quote. Cleveland, Ohio. The court case Sam Little attended via Skype. He agreed to plead guilty if the prosecutor waived the death penalty. And of course, he has his attorney read some bullshit apologize that's like two minutes fucking long. The victims were Mary Jo Payton, 1984, and Rose Evans, 1991. So this woman, Jill motherfucking boss bitch Lauren, asks Little, Do you think the families of your victims who you murdered should forgive you? This is his response. Quote, It's not up to me. I don't care whether they do or not. All I can do is pray for my soul. God says murdering is no seriouser than stealing a bar of candy. End quote. My girl Jillian hung up on him. Put the phone down. The recording that she was making was done. She was done for the day. It was over. It was my favorite part of the entire show, the whole, like, five-episode series. Out of everything I watched, that brought me the most joy. <laughs> I say this woman, Jillian Lauren, is amazing. I mean, not everything. She found and identified Alice Denise Duvald. I was screaming. Like, you have to watch it. It was great. Um, and she's still continuing to try to identify the 16 other victims in L.A. I mean, she's, like, hitting the streets. She's out here in the shit. She is, like, dealing with investigators and detectives from back in the day like she is about it she's simply amazing i truly truly love her she even was like thank you to me on insta stop playing <laughs> anyways i digress james holland was interviewing sam here's some of the quotes he just gave to him quote and then i'm kissing her and i say what would you do if i strangled you and she said ain't much i could do yeah bless her heart I left her stretched out like that, legs and arms spread. I didn't pick up motherfuckers that would be missed. Prostitutes. And that's the reason I didn't get busted a long time ago. End quote. He preferred black girls. He was arrested over a hundred times and a lot of the crimes were petty. He was also let go due to insufficient evidence. He spent very little time in jail. In 1976, he was convicted for rape, but he was only given three months in jail. The LAPD literally put... NHI, which stands for Non-Human Involvement on the Murder Victims Cases that were people of color, prostitutes, and or drug users. Little said, quote, Florida is where I first started, you see. Should be close to 20. Georgia, Louisiana, Texas, Nevada, California, end quote. He hit 19 states overall. He said, quote, We went down to this little hick town outside the county and bought some nuts and whiskey, and she started drinking, and I started drinking. And she rolled her big eyes, her big old eyes. She rolled her eyes at me, getting all paranoid, you know, because she knew damn well she was going to be in trouble if she didn't give up that pussy. End quote. He also said a couple of more things. I love, I love them, all of them. I can't pick a favorite. When they die, they're all your favorites. They all belong to you. I'll see you in hell. End quote. 
He said, quote, My grandmother, my mama, my granddaddy, and my daddy, all gone. My mama died in 73. My brother and sister called me Sammy, end quote. His friends and family, people that knew him, called him friendly and had a hard time believing that he could have done all of these things. Samuel Little died on December 30th, 2020. Although there was no actual cause of death, he did have heart disease and diabetes and other health issues. Um, I hope it was painful. I hope you fucking suffered, you piece of shit, for murdering all those people. Okay? Okay. So I just have a couple more crazy little quotes from this guy. What he had to say was, quote, She did the strangest thing. I put my hand around her neck and she started laughing, smiling. She died, end quote. Quote, Well, the women, see a lot of them, a lot of these women, they have a death wish. Not only that, she's in love now. So she want to love a man, but that has happened many times. The death wish, end quote. Quote, I choked her out. I don't make sure they're dead. I just want to choke them. But I just lay them out and some of them regain consciousness. They look around, you know, like, what the hell happened? Then they know, end quote. Now, this is what I'm going to end on. It's from Jillian Lauren's book. It's coming out in April 2023. I'm buying it. I'm reading it. I'm probably going to revamp um, some stuff and get some even more crazy, juicy details and stuff out there from her book. I can't wait. But she said, He told me that no one could understand how much love was in his heart for the women he killed. His babies. Even though he said he felt bad about the pain he put his victims through, Thinking about them was the only thing that made him feel alive in his dank cave. So day after day, he lay alone and replayed the killings, drawing his baby from memory when he could get his hands on a pencil. Ugh. That was a lot. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for bearing through this semi-horrible tale. I couldn't find too much about the victims. It didn't seem like they existed a lot of the time. It's crazy. Um, only the white ones seem to have any good information about them, and then anybody who had a family that actually cared about them, but didn't seem like a lot of these women were really cared about, um, just in general. A lot of the people that he came across, uh, he came across them because they were marginalized types of people, and who knows better than a black man living in America, born in the 40s killing people through the 70s and 80s and 90s and early 2000s. I mean, my guy was everywhere. So that was Sam Little. I'm sure we'll have a little bit more of a scoop on him when Jillian's book comes out. Behold the Monster. Everyone, check that out. Thank you so much again. Bye-bye.